You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them Kim Trails in the sky. Oh, yeah. Happy Monday, y'all. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I'm so excited for this magnificent Monday, y'all. I am doing a deep dive with Latrice Williams. And some of y'all who follow us, many of y'all may have seen the clip of us going out to Spokane and catching her in her own backyard and some of the amazing work she's doing. But I said, her story is so deep. We have to bring her on the show and really talk about her background. She is a performing artist. She's also an author. She's a broker uh, and a founder of a whole real estate firm. I'm excited to dive into all the things that Latrice Williams brings. But of course, this is the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right. Y'all go ahead, tag and share this stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey. And if you can't watch us, don't worry we got you covered y'all you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast just search converge media network in the day with trey y'all will find me on google spotify itunes soundcloud apple music 200 plus platforms whichever one is your favorite search for us you'll find us there um I'm really excited because I experienced community this weekend. And one of the things that really resonated to me when I saw Latrice's clip and then speaking to her before her coming here was that she has a real firm sense of being in bed in community. Let's welcome Latrice. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. This is so special. I really, uh, you know, we we heard some things in your interview when Converge came down to Spokane. We know you're in that area, but I really want to talk about the beginnings, uh, right? I would love to hear more about your story uh, before you opened up and got into real estate. There were so many things that led you there. Let's yeah. hear about some of those beginnings. Yes. I don't know how raw um, we can really be on here, Let's but... Um, I definitely did not start out saying, Hey, I'm going to be in real estate. I'm going to, I'm going to save the world or whatnot. Um, I come from a family, a, a church background. Um, my, my dad was a preacher. My mom was a missionary. So all of the good things. Um, but my parents did divorce at a young age. And so my lash out for that was just the streets. So I turned to the streets very early. I started selling drugs when I was about 12 years old um, and just running, running them up, just gang affiliated and all, all the things. Right. Um, so in and out of incarceration, juvenile as a young adult. And um, in 2008, I ended up with federal charges, distribution charges that landed me um, with a federal prison sentence as well as a state prison sentence. And um it was a 12 year sentence. So it was seven years um, federal and then five years state. And the judge said, no, I want you to go do your state time first. And I was pregnant at the time. Um, so imagining, knowing I'm getting ready to do this time. And honestly, 12 years to me, I was like, oh, my life is over. Like, mm -hmm. what, you know, um, I didn't really have a foresight for that at the time um, until I kind of went in and I started 
you know, connect them back with what my roots were, what I really knew. Um, and that was God, you know, started praying and, and really seeking him, like, what am I supposed to do? Um, again, I felt like I was at a point of no return. So um, I ended up at my last court hearing, um, I started getting symptoms of like headaches and things of that nature. Fast forward, um, as I was in holding, I had lost my eyesight. So I lost my peripheral. And um, again, I was having extremely bad headaches. Um, I'm about three and a half, four months pregnant at the time. And um, I'm asking the guards like, hey, you know, there's some, something's wrong with me. My, my head is hurting bad. Can I get some Tylenol? Can I get something? Tylenol wasn't doing anything. Um, and then finally, my mom came and saw me and I was like, mom, I'm dying. I was like, I'm not going to make it. Like here, I hadn't even made it to prison yet. I was in holding. And um, she started making some calls and I finally picked up one of the phones in there. That's not even for that. It's for to report um, Prison Rape Elimination Act or whatever. So it wasn't even for that, but I knew that I had to do something. So I picked up the phone and marshals came and got me and they took me back to Spokane where I was from. And they were like, this is not, this is not her. Like visually my eyes had swollen out of my head. Um, like it was, it was a time that, uh, we just had to pray. It wasn't nothing else to do. Um, and so they took me in and did an emergency, um, spinal tap and found out that I had pseudotumor cerebri. So mind you, I'm facing all this time. Uh, now I'm, I'm incarcerated. I get out, um, and go, out of the hospital anyhow and they take me back to um party i have to tell that story because there's just so much that happened to get me to this point that i'm at right now um i obviously got better thank god um i did end up having my son while while i was incarcerated and um that's another whole another story for itself of when you know a person is incarcerated a woman is incarcerated and they have to have a child while they're incarcerated um but I had him and I was transferred after that. I came back and um, I beat, got that case off my state case. And I went and did my federal time. And when I hit the feds, though, let me tell you, that's when the breakdown came. That's wow. when the breakdown came. Cause I feel like that's when God really tore me all the way down. Like he was like, okay, you want to do this? You want to do that? Okay. Um, and he allowed me to just, break down, you know? Um, and then I went through a buildup process. And so I really started seeking him after that. Um, I started my music again. I've always sung. I've been a singer since I was like three. My mom put me on the, up at church, like, okay, come on, we're going to sing this Shalana. I, I was born Shalana Gardner is my, is my born name. Um, and so, um, where am I at? Just no, no. Well, I mean, you're you're giving us a full on background here, yeah. and this is well the reason why uh, I wanted you on because there's so much that you weren't able to share in a shorter time, yeah. right? And ultimately, I think that what you're really sharing is this, you know, story of resilience that we're hearing so far. And so, you know, now you're in, you find yourself in prison, but you're starting to build yourself back up. Yes. You know, what were some of those markers for you in terms of things that you really uh, started to hone in on while being incarcerated that led to certain levels of success you're seeing today? Oh, my gosh. That, I love how you just said that. I need to I need the clip of that. Um, I think where it really started coming into play is when I started meditating 
um, I was I grew up in Baptist church and Pentecostal because my dad was went to a Pentecostal, my mom was Baptist, right? So I had all of the just religious stuff going on, and they it was always like yoga was a bad thing, or you know, you know, all these different things. Don't meditate, you know, you need to pray about it. But when I started meditating, that's when it started really coming. Like, let me just be at peace right now. Um, so meditation was a big thing. I began to start writing. Um, I'm a dreamer. That's, a, again, for another conversation, but I could tell you some things. I am a dreamer. I'm a seer. And so really tapping in when I was meditating, really being able to tap into that vision, hence Vision Properties. My my brokerage now is called Vision Properties. But um, so really tapping into meditation, um, again, started writing, started started singing again. Um, and when I say writing, I mean, I was writing plays and everybody on the compound, we were performing these plays and they were really, really God is like, okay, you think this is something, let me, let me get you. Cause I'm preparing you for what's going to happen when you go home. Um, fast forward, I came home. Um, I saw my kids after five years for the first time when I came back to the FDC here in SeaTac. And that was a game changer because that was like, oh. I, I really got to get it now. Like, yeah. you know, I really, I, I can't just do it for me now. And that was the first time I had seen, remember the baby, the baby yeah. that I had in five years. So now he's five years old wow. when I saw him. Um, so that was a big deal. I was like, no. And a lot of, I think there's a very small margin, unfortunately, of us that actually are able to double back and be able to get our kids back in to our, uh, to our homes and really raise them. And God allowed me the opportunity to do that. I can't, I know I keep saying God, but there is no, no other right. way. There is no other way that it would have happened. Um, so fast forward, I came home and um, I'm like, and mind you, I had a good job when I was in prison. I had a good job. I worked for a place called Unicor. We were doing 411 directory assistance. You guys probably don't even remember that. That's sure where you, do. you do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> where you would call and be like, hey, and they'll be like, what city and state, please? Um, so we, the max you could make was about $3 and 24 cents an hour. And to me, that was good. It got us all our commissary and all that good stuff. Um, so when I came home, minimum wage was, I'm like, okay, cool. Let me make that little, what was it like $9 back then? So I'm like, let me make that little $9 right quick. And I thought I was doing good. Um, it was hard because when I came home, I got sent to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, mm -hmm. well, Hayden, Idaho, which we all know that there's a, a compound there for folks that don't like people that look like us. Mm. And so that was not an easy um, transition for me to make because I had been in California and Florida. I did most of my time in, in Florida. Tallahassee, Florida was my home prison. And then I went to Dublin, California. So I don't really see a lot of white people, you know. So mm. it was definitely a culture shock coming back home um, and trying to reunite with the kids and get a job. And finally, I'm like, look, after about five or six months in, I'm like, I need my children. Like, I'm not trying to be up in here. I don't know what everybody else is on. I just had a whole different mindset. Like it wasn't an option. The streets weren't an option for me anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, people would come up to me. Oh yeah, what's good. Da -da -da, touch, you know, touch was my handle back then. They still call me that to this day, but touch was good. Where you been? Da -da -da -da. No, it's, it's not a game. It's not an option. Um, but I knew I wanted, I needed my kids because as a, as a mother, I think as a woman period, when you have this nurturing, um, peace to us, right? We, we know that we need to nurture something and someone. And I knew that those children were my responsibility. 
And so I began to seek out, okay, well, maybe $9 ain't enough. Let me go on to get a, you know, a little bit better of a job um, and find housing. And then there goes my, my next struggle was finding housing because I'm a convicted felon. I mean, yeah, that's, that, now that's part of the story yeah. that I really want to dive into because yeah. we talk often about housing here mm-hmm. and there is such a bridge that needs to be yeah. built because that it becomes a major barrier for yeah. so many folks. Just tell us a bit about that, that, that yeah. housing piece there. So, um, I'll give you the, the main, of course I was, I was, uh, put in a bunch of applications and was denied because of my criminal history. The strange part about it is there was a law that was passed apparently while I was gone that they can't go back a certain amount of years, but my crime had been, you know, over 10 years ago, at least over seven years at that time. It may have not have been 10 years, but at least over seven years at that time. And I think that that was what the law was. I'm not totally sure, but I do know that. This one particular time, and this is when I was at my wits end. I'm like, I want my babies. You know, they telling me I got to have, you know, I, I'm at my wits end now. This is the last straw. Cute little house, little, little, uh, uh, little apartment, you know, low income, only $500 a month. I'm like, oh, I can do this three bedroom. I got a bunch of kids, but we going to make it work. Right. Um, the lady tells me, oh, yeah, no problem. Fill out the application takes my $40. You know, I wait a couple weeks because I don't even know how long it's supposed to take. Right. Um. I wait a couple weeks, nothing. It's crickets. Okay. I come back. Hey, I was just wondering, you know, when I can move in, how long does the application process take? She said, Oh, actually, you were denied. I'm sorry. We just couldn't get over that criminal history portion. Wait. <laughs> now I'm at my wits end because now I'm upset. Now you're going to bring the old me. You bring a touch out now because you told me that. I had, there was no problem that you, this is, I'm the type of person that you want to help, that you work with. Um, and so at that point, I, I will say I had like a little mini breakdown. It was, it was major. I had called, um, there was a program at the time. Now the lady works and owns the way to justice, but at the time it was a different program and I had ended up calling her and I, I was just like crying. I was crying. I was like, I'm done. I'm going back to the streets like this. You know, I mean, like if I can't make it out here and I'm doing everything, I've never had a dirty way. I've never came in late. I've never none of that. Right. I'm just I know that I need to do this for my children. Right. And um, she's like, you will not go back to the streets. God did not bring you this far for you to go back to the streets, not over just one person saying that you can't do something. And so making a long story short, she ended up having a connection with those that same um, organization that owned those housings. And she called and yeah, I didn't listen. I wasn't there to listen to the phone call. All I know is the woman called me 20 minutes later and was like, um, Miss Gardner, we actually have a place for you. Thank you so much. Da, 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 da. You know how that goes. And wow. I ended up getting in. I do not know how I got so connected into housing in itself, other than the fact that when I was gone, I told you I'm a dreamer. When I was in prison, I used to always be like, God, what's my purpose? I need to know my purpose. I was reading Purpose Driven Life and I was reading Battlefield of the Mind, Joyce Myers, and I was just getting into it, right? I'm like, what's my purpose, God? And almost, I would say almost every night I would have dreams about houses. Yeah. Now they would be like, Big houses, small houses, dope houses, trap houses. I'm talking about just houses, period. And sometimes they'll be like commercial buildings, like malls and stores. And I'm like, why am I having all these dreams about houses, God? Like, what's my purpose, though? Like, what do you come on? This is a this not are you listening to me? Are you listening? So I get out and and um 
I'm working at my good little job now. I'm making sixteen dollars an hour. I'm making like twenty four hundred. You know, I make good money <laughs> as, as far as what I thought, yeah. right? And now, um, I hear the spirit say, "I want you to do real estate." Now you know how sometimes it's like just a little inkling, like I want you to do real estate, something like that. You know, just like a little whisper, and I'm like. Now you got the wrong one. I don't know nothing about that. Like, I'm a felon. I'm this. I'm that. You know, I'm throwing that out there. And I played with it for a minute. He probably told me that in August. October, I was like, mm, okay, maybe I'll learn some more. So I start asking questions. You know, can I do this? Do I have the ability to do this? You know, and um, then I'll just fast forward. In May, I finally buckled down, got my real estate license. Um and I went and what in. What year was that? That was in 2018. Wow. That was in 2018. Well, we're going to pick up right there uh, after this break because this is phenomenal already. The, the reason why I think, you know, we need to hear these details and I, I'm just sitting back and I'm listening because I'm learning too, is that you never know what kind of trial can turn into a triumph right there you go and, and people say that all the time but you're showcasing it in your story of course we're going to be diving in to the rest of this story and how real estate begins to kind of take over and really set a new foundation for you and your family y'all yeah. stay tuned right after this short break you're watching the day with trey COVID 19 are my income my health and my family we were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government we called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. What up, y'all? T-Dub here, as always, bringing you the news and art funding and opportunities. This year's Four Culture Project grants are live now, and here's what you need to know to apply. Four Culture Project grants fund cultural activities and projects throughout King County. If you are an individual or group with arts, heritage, or preservation at its core, then this funding is for you. And if you're new to the grant application process, Four Culture hosts virtual workshops and has a team of grant managers ready to assist you in the process. The deadline to apply is March 23rd. Head over to fourculture.org for more. Welcome back, everyone, to the David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. This has been so rewarding for me. I will. It's rewarding for you, too. We're going to continue uh, with Latrice Williams and her story. So, I mean, Latrice, you, you start and say, look, I'm going to do this. You know, you listen to that voice. You listening to the word of God saying, okay, do real estate. You get your real estate license in May of 2018. Kind of guide us through the rest of that because clearly in, in the last five years, you have done some phenomenal work in real estate out there in the Spokane area. And it's crazy. I have to just keep it all the way real. So I got my real estate license, but I was like, okay, God, I'm going to just keep my job because I don't know, you know, who going to buy my purses and my hair? Like, what's going on? No, I like to have my own money. Yeah. And everybody had told me, like, you need a six months in savings. You need this. You need that. You're not really going to make it in real estate without having the connections because it's an old boys club. And, you know, that's what people used to tell me. And, um, I was like, okay, Lord, so I'm going to keep my job. So I went to the first day in training. I decided I'm going to get on a team. The team takes a portion of um, 
of the commission, but they also provide like leads and training and things like that. So I was like, oh, I definitely need training because I don't know nothing about real estate. And so I go in and I tear the story off and I, I hope I love them so much. But my little, my trainer over here, he like Rico Suave, you know, and then I got a big uh, Samoan guy, Tongue, and I think he is actually island guy on this. I'm a huge like and, you know, I'm listening to them and I'm like, OK, they're talking to their clients and I'm like, OK, I think I can do that. So I'm looking it up in the system. They have like this spreadsheet that says how much everybody's making. And I was like, oh, excuse me. Like in the between the calls, I'm like, um, is this how much the house was or is this how much you're going to make? He's like, no, 30,000. That's what I'm going to make. And I'm trying to the other guy. I was like, is this is this how much your house was or, you know, the house that you sold or is this how much you're going to make? He's like, no, 25,000 this month. Yeah, it was a pretty good month. Also, pretty good. Yeah, that's that's a great month. I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. I'm gonna go on and quit my job. So I quit my job that day. I put in my little two weeks that day. And literally, I kid you not, you can go back in the records and check. I had my first deal under contract in two weeks. Wow. In two weeks, in a market where they told me it was going to take me six months, if that, that I didn't know anybody that it, I mean, and I was just there, like I was just there answering the phones, like whatever they wanted me to do. I did it. Oh, you need me to show a house? You need me to open up the lockbox? For sure. Whatever. I did it. I didn't ask nobody for $20. Nowadays, like, oh, I'll pay you or, you know, I, I charge this amount to do this. No, I wasn't doing any of that. Wherever they needed somebody, I was there. And that's how it happened so quickly for me. They'd call me, hey, Latrice will get it. Latrice will do it. But that's OK, because it paid off for me in the end. Right. And so, again, two weeks into the game, I had my first deal under contract in about six months. My managing broker at the time. And this was hard. Let me not let me not phase over this because I went up for um, a talent show at the time too. North Idaho's got talent like probably a month after this happened two months after I got into my real estate um, into the, the uh, team that I was on and I invited my managing broker. And the talent show actually was showcasing. We did a scene, the scene of me and my meeting my kids for the first time after or seeing my kids for the first time after I had been incarcerated for five years. So that my, my kids are bigger. You know, my son kind of goes off on me in the visitation room. And you guys can go back and check that out. It's on Facebook. North Idaho's Got Talent, where I won the grand prize. Um, but I also had a slideshow of me, you know getting arrested, being incarcerated. Then now finally I'm in real estate and he brought me up. Hopefully, I don't know if he's gonna watch this. I'm sorry, I'm putting your, your stuff on blast, but he brought me into the office the next morning from, from that weekend. And he said, I'm glad that you invited me. He said, because if I would have that, found that out, I would have never hired you. I would have never hired you if I would have known that before. And now I know how, how much of a rock star you are. And then he starts telling me his story, you know, about how when he was in the, in the industry back in 08, you know, in 09, where they lost everything. Right. Mm -hmm. He's like, so now I feel comfortable to tell my story because I don't want anybody to ever know that I was a millionaire and that I lost everything, you know? So um, fast forward six months into the game, they bring me in and he says, I want you to join our leadership team. I'm like, leadership? I don't know about no leadership now. I'm just trying to make some money, you know? I don't really got time for that. And he said, no, I want you to teach them how you're doing it. I was like, well, I don't really know how I'm doing it. I'm just listening to God. So what am I supposed to do here? Um, making a long story short, I ended up starting helping to train, um, just kind of teaching the other agents what I was doing. 
and I got a team within a team together. Some agents that were kind of really close to me and I would just hand them out deals and kind of be there to answer questions. Um, six months later, they asked me to set up the appointments. Latrice, how are you setting up all these appointments? Instead of us using the Philippines, let's use you. Like, I'll pay you to do it. After a while, I started doing that and I was like, I'm doing all this for everybody else. Maybe I can be an independent agent now. So I went independent. That year, uh, before I went to, right before I went independent, I had gotten the rookie of the year, which is where I sold 44 houses my first year. Wow. And, um, and then I said, oh, I think I need to be independent. Let me not skate over this either. When I became rookie of the year, Remember, I'm, um, I'm brown skin. I'm, I'm a black girl, right? This is something that they really have never had in their, in their areas because this is not just, uh, you know, uh, 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 a white game, but it's a white man game, right? Yeah. So even women are not really in those areas where they're, um, being really seen there. So now they got the little black girl, formerly incarcerated, kind of hood, kind of, kind of, kind of gangster, but kind of Jesus, you know, coming in here and, and acting up, you know, really showing out. And they brought me in and they said, hey, you know, you made it to the top 20% of, of the firm that I was in at the time. And it's a huge firm. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And they brought me in the room. And I was like, oh, it's like a big old godfather table, you know, with everybody sitting around it. And I'm looking like, feeling so small. I'm like, I do not belong here. And the looks that I was getting was, you don't belong here. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go to, um, we knew that I had already gotten rookie of the year. We knew how much I sold by far surpassed whoever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that they're going to be watching this. So I'm sorry, but I'm telling the mm -hmm. story because it yeah. needs to be heard. Right. Yeah. But, um, they told me, I went in the office, I was like, you know, I want to I want to invite my mom. So can you guys confirm that I got it? Just go on and confirm with me so I can invite my mom because she lives in Moses Lake. And she was like, what? What did you get? You didn't get anything. I'm sorry. Basically tells me that I didn't get rookie of the year. I'm devastated. I'm like, why did he tell me that I got it and I didn't get it? Like, I'm preparing my family. My kids are excited. I just won the North Idaho's got time. Like, it's going down. Like, we're elevating. And um, they call me, I think it was a weekend. I can't remember. It was because it was a Sunday morning. She messaged me at like midnight that night. And Sunday, she was like, can you come see me, please? Called me back in and she says, I made a mistake. You, you really were rookie of the year. Not only was I, she, did they make a mistake, but they ordered somebody else's name on the trophy. So when you look at the pictures of me at being the rookie of the year, little black girl from the East side, um, little gangster slash Jesus up in there, they had somebody else's name on the trophy. They asked me if I wouldn't mind turning the trophy around and taking a picture. I was like, oh, I'm about to start crying right now. Girl, I was like, Really? Like this is 2000, you know, 2019. Like where y'all, are we still doing this right wow. now? I felt hurt. And maybe, maybe it was just me being sensitive, but you, you did not do the numbers correctly or you did do them correctly. And then you thought you were just going to take it from me, but there were too many people that knew, right? So we're past that. I move along and I obviously leave that firm because I just didn't feel comfortable. And I said, you know, I think I need to learn how to build my own. If there were people here that were willing to learn from me, why wouldn't somebody else be willing to learn? And so um, from there, 
I connected with the lady who is, she's a beast still to this day. She's got um, a firm in, in Hawaii and Spokane and all the things, you know, selling, you know, hundreds of homes herself. And I'm like, how are you doing that? I'm very good on picking up from other people. Like if I see you doing something, I'm like, okay, let me see if I can, how I can make that thing my own and do it, you know, just like I did with my trainer, my, my Samoan and my, uh, you know, my Rico Suave guy. And I just turned into them was staying it, but now I'm, I'm me now. Um, so I joined her and I started learning how to actually run a business, like run, you know, if I'm having agents, how am I actually, you know, uh, what are the meetings like? What are, you know, how am I paying the paying for this? So what am I doing? Right. And so um, I stayed with her for a year. We made some pretty good money. She made some pretty good money. I still love her to death. And I said, you know what? I got to really learn how to get this managing thing together. So I got my managing broker's license and brought together my team. And the rest is history, man. This year I opened up my own firm and, you know, I don't know know where to go from there. Oh, my gosh. And in the clip, uh, I remember you said something about doing like 12 million or something Yeah, in, in the last year. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, La- Latrice, like really, this is like what people like get so inspired by. And we've spent a, a good amount of time on your background, real estate, yeah. but you find time to stay in performing arts. You yes. talked about that with Idaho's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. And then also you as an author, just tell us uh, just a little bit. I know we're a little bit short on time, but just yeah. tell us a little bit about that piece because not only are you a mother of seven, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you're also now a managing broker. You yeah. have your own firm. You're still selling houses. And you're training others how to do that. Yeah. And you're finding the time to do some things that you love in terms of writing about your experience and also performing. How does it all work? All right. Can I just say really quick, 12 million was just one person. That's me. Wow. That was me. So it can be done. Anybody that's looking at doing real estate, you don't have to be that, oh, I only sold four to six houses or I only sold this. So I um, invested in coaching. A couple of years ago, I invested in coaching and we were talking about how do we pivot in the market that's getting ready to shift, right? Because COVID happened and then, you know, we jump out of COVID. What are we doing now? Well, COVID time, thank you, Jesus, was probably one of the best times for us. Um, but how do we pivot while while with the market so that we, we stay with it, right? And digital marketing came a big thing. And not only the digital marketing, so I kind of, you know, all the, all the things you guys are doing, that's why I just love this because... It is the pivot right now. Everything is going digital. But to stand out against the crowd, why not write a book about, you know, selling your home and getting it ready and prepared? Um, I am actually writing my own book right now about the story of my life, which is going to be it's called Project 835859. That's my DOC number. So it's important for me to... um, I need people to know that there really are success stories and I need them to know, like when you sent me, Judge Whaley, when you sent me, I actually did everything that I told you I was going to do and more. Mm. And here's my evidence. Here's the proof. And so that's coming soon, um, along with the EP soundtrack that's coming with it. So. Yeah. Latrice, just wow. Thank you for coming on today, sharing your story. Uh, 
I, I gotta tell you, this is like, it, I, like I'm blown. I'm not normally one who doesn't have a lot of words, but the truth of the matter is, is that it was so great to just hear you share that that you know in 30 minutes, right? We could do this for two a two hour special on all the nuances that it took for you to get from. Uh, you know, being that kid who was rebellious and on the streets to then, you know, being this amazing mother of seven, getting your children back after incarceration, going through everything to be where you are today. Uh, just God bless you. Honestly. Thank you. God, God bless, bless you guys too. Thank you so much for coming on today to share your story. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for having me. Wow. There's so much more I could dive into, obviously, with Latrice. And you can tell she is a fireball doing things with the, the zeal and like gusto for life that we all need to be taking on. I get to talk about all this and wrap it up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The David Trey. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. <laughs> but their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basin wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I, I mean, uh, y'all, I'm so elated right now. Of course, I am super inspired by Latrice's story. And I wanted her to come on today to share this phenomenal story with us all because we need to be inspired to not only understand that levels of success are what you make it, but also that you can overcome all kinds of different challenges in your lives, especially when you begin to see them as opportunities for personal growth. Latrice has done that and really is an stellar, a stellar example of what it means to do exactly that, to not allow your circumstances or your situation to be the thing that becomes an anchor for you, but that it becomes a foundation for you to grow and elevate from. So of course, I want y'all to be inspired by Latrice's story. I'm telling you, if you are somebody out there that was formerly incarcerated, that's not sure about what to do in your life or where to go, really tap inward like she did when she was asking about what her purpose is. That's something we can all do to figure out where we need to go next. Um, and once we do that, we can all have stories like Latrice's to share with the world, to inspire others, to see themselves as a part of the solution. Y'all, this is such a great way to start the week on the day with Trey. Thank you for joining me and for me until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Y'all. Peace. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. 
Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media. 